Well, good morning again. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us as we gather together to praise the Lord for all, who, all that he is and all that he has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I certainly remember my kids when they were little, and, and I probably did this when I was little as well, when it was raining outside and there were big puddles all we really wanted to do is go outside and jump in the puddles, right? And so we can notice that children, you know, when they see rain, they get ready, right? They, they get their rain boots on, maybe they put on a rain jacket, and they storm out the door, and they start jumping in puddles. There was a time in which there was a mother who told their kids, Look, there are dark clouds outside, and it's going to thunder. Well, guess what happened? It started thundering. And as soon as the, the children heard the thunder, one of the kids just took off, probably in midair, and ran back inside the house. Well, the other one, not so much. And so instead of running back inside, they stood still. And he started crying. And, he, and his mother said, come on, it's time to get inside. The thunder's out there. It's time. It's, you just need to come inside. And the child just stood there, weeping. Not that... He wanted to stay out there, but because he was afraid. He was afraid of the thunder. And so what happened? The mother then had to run out there, yes, without her rain boots and her rain jacket, and pick up the boy and bring him back inside. Each one heard the thunder, but reacted differently. We, like the kids, we run into storms in life, and we respond in different ways. This morning, our passage is about the Apostle Peter, when he came and accepted Jesus' invitation of walking on water. He starts out okay, but the fear then comes and enters his heart, and things kind of go sideways from there. And so our text this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. And we read in Jesus' name. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. 
And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The ends the reading of our text today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for an opportunity such to, as this to come to worship you whether it's on Facebook, whether it's here in the sanctuary, whether it's dial-in. Father, we thank you for the different avenues that you've given to us to gather together in your name. Now, Father, as we turn to your word this morning, Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say to us this morning. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the disciples had a long day. You know, in the morning they were sent out in pairs to teach about the kingdom and to heal those who were sick. Then following that, there was the feeding of the 5,000. And we know this was certainly late at this moment in time because the disciples encouraged Jesus to send them away. It's dinner time. They need to eat. And we need to eat. And so send them away. And then in our text, it tells us that it is the fourth watch of the night. Which means it's somewhere between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. You know, the prime time hours in which we're able to stay awake, right? And now, as they are trying to keep their eyes open, they see somebody walking towards them. You know, belief in, belief in ghosts was a popular idea back then, but it didn't agree with the Jewish faith. But what else could be happening? There wasn't a record of anybody else ever walking on water. You might say that they questioned what they believed at that moment in time, and they were certainly anxious and afraid of what they saw. What would you think if you saw somebody walking on water? I don't know about you, but I'd be looking for something to protect myself. You know, a mop or a fishing pole or something that's on the boat. Our response might have been like the disciples. With fear. With anxiety. But when Jesus hears them yelling, he says, take heart, it is I. Now the words used for it is I in the Greek means I am. Do you remember another time in which the Lord himself refers to himself as I am? In Exodus 3, God tells Moses that he wants Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. Moses then asks God a question. I am going to the sons of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? 
What shall I tell them? And then God said to Moses, I am who I am. You can tell them, I am sent me to you. And this is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. He was telling Moses who he was. It was a name that was indescribable. And it was a name that was unspeakable. For he was holy. God, but God is a sovereign God and rules over all creation. And he is all-knowing, all-powerful. And he is everywhere all the time. Now Jesus is telling the disciples, he is the I am of the past. That he is the one who led the Israelites out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And there wasn't a need to be afraid. So then Peter tells Jesus he would like Jesus to invite Peter to come to himself. Yes, Peter is looking to come to Jesus in an extraordinary way. There hadn't been anyone except for God to ever walk on water before. And now Peter wants to do it by God's invitation, which we know Jesus consents to. But Peter saw the power of God at work on that day. In the morning, through God's power, Peter was able to preach the word and heal people of their ailments. And then they participated in the feeding of 5,000. But now he was going to be able to walk on water. Could you imagine what the other disciples in the boat are saying? Peter, don't you know it's late? You're delirious. Why don't you just stay in the boat? Well, what kind of faith would it take for Peter to step out on the boat? Well, not much, right? But faith of the but it's the faith of a mustard seed, something so small that can move mountains. And as God has called Peter to come to him and to do something extraordinary, God does the same for us. I think it would be kind of fun to walk across the sound, don't you? But I don't think that that's the something extraordinary God might want for us to do, might have for us to do. Though we might, and that would be exciting. But God invites us to get out of the boat and to walk by faith, trusting and keeping focused on him. You know, God has given to us a church of a vision statement of gather, be transformed, and go. A few months ago, we would have said that worship in the sanctuary was who we were and what we did. We would gather together as the Lord called us on Sunday here in worship then to be part of a life group that meets in different places during the week, and then other ministries that meet at the church throughout the week. And as we were gathered, God transformed us. He continued to speak in, into our hearts and in our lives. And then he gave us the opportunity to go and be a visible expression of the risen Christ. But then... Everything changed. 
everything changed. So Peter started out on his journey on the water. The water was a little choppy at first and things were going okay. But then Peter started looking at the wind and at the waves. He could feel the water creeping up his legs. We might say that the walls were closing in on him and Peter was afraid. He was anxious. And then he began to sink. And things might have started okay for us too. Like Peter, we were walking on water. We were doing something extraordinary. But then we saw the waves getting bigger and bigger. We started to see what was happening around us. COVID-19 hits and made it impossible for us to get to church. You might have asked how we were going to have worship or if we were going to be able to have it at all. And then after that, how were we able to have worship at all ever again? These were concerns that we had with our church. But we've had other concerns as well. How are we going to get to the doctors when we need to go to the doctors? Are we going to ever see our family again? How would it be riding on an airplane? All these questions and concerns are due to the wave that we are seeing. The virus. So what temptation did we have? What do we do with the fear that creeps up on us as we look at all the waves that are around us? Well, we could lose hope. We could stay inside. We could avoid everything and everyone at all costs. We continue to live in fear and are unable to do anything. So what do we do when we see the storm a-brewing and begin to sink? Well, there are four ways in which we can respond. The first way is to try to get back in the boat. Hey, it was nice and safe on the boat. I mean, all my friends were there. It'd be so easy just to try to crawl back and get back there. Because that's where safety is. That's where it feels comfortable to us. The second way is to try to swim. Try to get her done on our own. And we know when we try to do things on our own, they don't always work the way that we would normally like them. Or the way that God would want for us. And it certainly takes longer. And the waves also take us in the wrong direction. You know, one of the things I like to do when I'm visiting my, my parents in North Carolina is to go body surfing. I was going to say it's kind of like surfing, but not with a surfing board. But then I thought that there might be a surfer that I know that might be listening today and saying, Dirk, that is not right at all. But when I body surf, what happens? I catch the wave, I ride in on a wave, and then I take it all the way to shore. But when I stand up, the first thing I need to know, do, do is look around and find out where in the world I am. Why? Because the waves have carried me to everywhere but where I started. 
And so I have lost track of where I, I have been. And I ended up nowhere, especially, I, I have ended nowhere near I was when I started. The third thing we can try to do is to find something, anything, anyone that will keep us afloat. And that might mean staying up all night, trying to think about what might happen, and try to come and find a solution for it. We might also try to find relationships that are harmful. It might mean getting involved in things that are harmful and wrong. We might even try to get advice from social media. And we know that everybody has an idea about what to do. There's a problem with these three things, these three ways. We are trying to deal with these circumstances on our own. And any relief that we might find is temporary. In our fear and in our anxiety, we do not always think clearly. And we only make things worse. And the result that we find ourselves in is that we're still sinking. We're still sinking. Our situation doesn't change. But there is one last thing we can do. And we read it in verse 30 and 31. It says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, you a little faith. Jesus took his attention off the wind and the waves and put his attention back on Jesus. And just as Peter turned his focus back on Jesus, we can also do the same. There's a, sing, uh, uh, a hymn that we sing occasionally, and it's a, a song that I, I grew up on. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Isn't that the case when we're looking at Jesus, we really don't see anything else that's going on around us? They might be happening, but our focus isn't on them. It's on Jesus. When we are focusing on Jesus, whatever is happening around us doesn't matter. Things will happen, but when we are glued to Jesus, we know that he is in control. We know that he has overcome death. We know that he has risen from the dead. And we can trust him to work out what is good according to his perfect knowledge and his will. 
As we continue to trust him, our fear and our anxiety is replaced with his peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, Paul tells us not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, or petition, with thanksgiving. And we pray in thanksgiving because we know that God is hearing us when we pray. We know that he is going to be answering our prayers according to his pleasure, according to his will. In thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And, and, and hear this result. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We were able to find new ways for worship. Ways in which we didn't or couldn't even conceive of. Who thought of drive dial-in church? Certainly not me. Or maybe even drive-in church. Facebook Live. How many of you knew anything about Zoom? How many of you still don't know anything about Zoom? (laughs) And yet, our Bible studies, our life groups, the youth group, kids club, we're all meeting on Zoom. And now, yes, on a limited basis, we are able to meet in the sanctuary again. Let's face it. Jesus told his disciples that in the world, they will have trouble. Things aren't always going to be peachy. There was going to be waves that they were going to face. But he also said, but take heart, take heart, relax. It's going to be okay. Why? Because I have overcome the world. There are going to be struggles. There are going to be some nasty waves. There's going to be thunder crackling for our kids. But that promise that Jesus gave to the disciples, he gives to us. Take heart. Trust in me, for I have overcome the world. Through him and by him, All things are possible. He is our rock. When the waves come and hit against the rock, the waves are unable to penetrate the rock. The rock is a firm foundation that we can stand on when the waves come. The greatest fear that we could ever have is death. 
And Jesus overcame death. And he rose to life so that one day we could overcome our greatest fear and be raised to new life as well. We don't have to be swallowed up in fear because of the difficulties in life. But we can live in faith in Jesus Christ because he is the rock in which we can stand. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are our rock. And when the storms of life come and, and we are fearful of them, Father, we are ever grateful that we can turn to you and that you could calm all of our fears. For in you was life and the light of all men. And so, Father, we pray that if there's someone who is fearful today because of what they see, Father, we pray that they would turn away from the waves, that they would turn away from the concerns that they have, and that they might focus on you. For you are our rock. You are our salvation. And so, Father, we just praise you and thank you that we can count on you. We can count on you for all things, no matter how big or how small. We can count on you that when we see difficulties, we face difficulties, that you are our rock. We praise you and thank you for that promise today. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.